summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Five starts from deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25-yard line. Eddie Jackson. And he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you Summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross, off and running, and Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand up and takes off all the way for a touchdown. Let's be great, baby. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Working right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't there yet. And the ESPN app. It is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad that you're with me. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Hit me up on Snapchat, Hood. also on Instagram. You guys watching Instagram live. Thanks so much for checking out the show. We broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank studio. It's the way banking is supposed to be. All right, we are going to hear from Stacey Dales in just a moment, who covers the NFL for uh, NFL Network. However, it is Big Ten Media Day today and also tomorrow. The coaches are in town. Very interesting what's going on around the city as far as Big Ten play is concerned. There's a couple of things that I'm thinking about with the Big Ten. One of them is, is it going to be Ohio State or is it going to be Michigan as a top team in the Big Ten. Could be someone else, but I think it comes down to those two teams. We had Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network, two-time Super Bowl champion, as well as an analyst for the Big Ten Network on the program on Tuesday. I asked him his thoughts on a couple of things. One of them, his expectations for the Wolverines. Ultimately, when you look at this Michigan team, uh, Gaddis, the new offensive coordinator that's going to call the plays as of, you know, going into the season. That's what everyone expects him to be able to call the plays, including Harbaugh. But what's going to happen for a first-time play caller? Now, I'm going to tell you, Hoodie, he is going to be a star in coaching. So, their offensive coordinator. So, that I'm not concerned about. He's a great recruiter, a great teacher, a great developer of talent. Now he's stepping into a new role, which is a pressure cooker, for them right now because they've got to go out and be able to perform offensively. Shea Patterson, this is supposed to be an offense that's going to suit him a lot better to what his skill sets are and what he's played in college and what he did at Ole Miss. So these are the really questions for this Michigan team as well from an offensive standpoint. But also remember, they lost so much on the defensive side. So we'll have to see where they are ultimately when the season gets rolling. Michigan continues to lose against Ohio State as with Jim Harbaugh as a head coach. Can that turn around because there is no more Urban Meyer at Ohio State. It is Ryan Day. He's the head coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I asked Howard his thoughts about Day replacing Urban Meyer as the head man. I'm going to tell you, the guy can coach. He knows how to connect with players. Do I believe that Ohio State probably takes a step back? Not having you know a guy like Urban right now at the helm? Probably. But what does that mean? That step back may mean that they're not ready to win and compete for a national title. I think they probably can because they have the guys that are there. I think the biggest challenge will be if they can get Justin Fields 
into an offensive play calling rhythm for him to be able to succeed because he's not the passer at this particular point uh, as Haskins was last year. That I know for sure. But what is that offense going to look like? They have uh, J.K. Dobbins, who I think is going to be a superstar in this in this conference coming up this year. And I think he's an elite running back. Now that he's going to be able to run the ball, doesn't have to look over his shoulder by who he's going to be sharing time with, I think he's going to be able to take the next step. I like what they're doing. You look at them defensively, I said how bad they were last year when you look at them defensively, all the big plays that they were giving up. I don't expect them to be able to do that this year because they're, they're going to have better coaches now on that side of the ball, and I think the linebacker play is going to be much better because that was a huge problem. It might be the same players that are there, but they're different guys as far as who's coaching. You can go back to the archives, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, to hear that podcast, my conversation with Howard Griffith. We went all around the Big Ten and got his thoughts about Northwestern, some thoughts about Illinois, all part of Tuesday's show on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Wherever you download your podcast, that's where you can find the UTH podcast. We turn now to the NFL Network. Stacey Dales covers the NFL for the NFL Network, and she joins us now here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app as we talk about the Bears and the NFC North. Hello, Stacy. Pleasure to join you. Uh, I, you're probably a lot like me and ready for football at some point here in the next two weeks, right? <laughs> well, see, it's either that or more uh, Gator stories from Humboldt Park, uh, with you being in Chicago <laughs> and you've seen this story. Like, so this is this. Is, so let, let me welcome you officially to Chicago from my standpoint. Okay, we really are Hooterville. If it wasn't for the the tall buildings around here, it took somebody from Florida to find a, an alligator in Humboldt Park in. In Chicago. I mean, nobody is tough enough in Chicago could have got rid of that gator? It's relatively nuts. It's like you turn on the TV, you turn on the news at night, and, and we, we've got the gator story, and I, I feel like I'm in a Saturday Night Live sketch or something <laughs> watching it. <laughs> you've, done, you've, done your, you've done your share of travels, so you're, you're like me. You know, you go to the local news to see what's the top story, and if the alligator is the top story, it's like, am I in Topeka? It's kind of weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. It gave us some excitement, though, uh, besides all the rain we've had, right? I mean, um, you know, you follow the Cubs in the summer, maybe the Sox, whatever you do. I get to both uh, both teams and, you know, get to both uh, uh, see both teams. But I'm just ready for football. I'll be back at training camp next week. I'll be, up, you know, up in Green Bay, Jonathan with the Packers, and then mm-hmm. off to Bourbonnais and probably hit the Colts, the Lions, maybe the Vikings. And, and, you know, we're sort of off and running at that point. Let me give you an overarching thought about the NFL. I've been talking about, Stacy on the program. I've been talking about how the amount of parity of the NFL compared to the NBA or even college football, it, I think, is appealing to football fans. There's a gambling aspect. There's the action aspect. There's fantasy football. But I just think that even coming into the season, I can't name for you a definite favorite. There, I can name you a few. How much of a, mm-hmm. of a tr- attraction is that for football fans to really not know who's going to be the best team? It's amazing. Um, it, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about what we're immersed in with the NFC North and how, you know, you look at the Packers, who haven't been to the playoffs in three years, which is a shocker, and, you know, the Vikings sort of underachieved last year, and I'm just talking the NFC North, and, and the Bears take everybody by storm 12-4, and four, and it's like you look across the board and every division, well, most divisions are, are so competitive. And, you know, last year I thought, well, the NFC South is going to be a little bit better, 
And, uh, you know, it happened to be the NFC North that really took me by surprise, and I think it's going to be the same thing this year. I love it. You see these NBA teams, and, you know, who was it that just came out? Was it Shaq? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, talked about, you know, he he hates these lopsided, star-studded teams. And a little part of me almost agrees with that, just because, you know, it's fun to see teams like in the NFL claw and scratch and get better in one season just like we saw with the Bears. It's amazing how a makeover and a new head coach that has a new, you know, energy can shift the team in, in a season. So, you know, we'll see who that is this year. Stacy Dales from the NFL Network with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app for Summer of Football. You got a chance to have a long-form conversation with Matt Nagy. What, what stands out most about your conversation with him? Well, I'm not supposed to have favorites. I do live here in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. in the Chicago area. I am a national reporter. I travel all over the place. The Bears are good, so I get to stay home a lot right now. He might be my favorite coach. I can't lie when I say that. I mean, he, the man is something else. He's astounding to be around. I, I don't use those words lightly. He's just so positive. I, I think I said to him once, Jonathan, do you have a do you have a mean bone in your body? At least when you talk to us and. You know, of course, he's he's got a toughness about him, which the players love, and a, and a discipline. I think he's really instilled discipline in this franchise um, at the head coaching at the top of the ranks. But, you know, he's just a pleasure to be around. He's a pleasure to cover. You saw him throw out the first pitch there at the Cubs game, right? I mean, right. The, the fans love him. He respects the fans. He respects his players. And they just love playing for him. It's been really fun to cover him, I'll be honest with you. Well, Stacey, look, as a as a player and as uh, someone that's a journalist, you know your BS meter. Like, you know who's like, yeah, is it is? are they being this way to me or are they really genuine? But I kind of – you probably get that from Nagy in that he seems to really be on the level, knows the direction he wants to go in, and just seems different than some that we've seen, right? Yeah, and over the years, you know, what I've noticed, Jonathan, is that head coaches get so guarded – and, you know, there are a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes they get burned by us media members. Sometimes they don't like the things that are written about them. You know, losing doesn't help. And winning is contagious. Losing is contagious. And I think the thing I love about Nagy is that he's, he's as honest as he can be with us. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, he's not, he's not in this game to, to BS. He understands everybody has a job to do. And I think when you have that level of respect and understand that we all have a job to do and that mutual, you know, that mutual respect is shared, it, it makes the experience for those of us that cover these teams that much better. And guess what? When, when the chips are down and things ain't going so well and you have a head coach that respects your media base, they're probably still going to write nicer things than they would if that wasn't the case. And I, I think you know better than anybody what I mean when I say that. So yeah. it's, it's been cool to cover. I mean, there's a lot of great coaches in this league to cover. You know, across the board, I could just rattle off a list of names, but um, Nagy's right there at the top. You know, Mitchell Trubisky was a mixed bag for me last year, and, and we have to start from the beginning with him at North Carolina because he only played 13, 14 games as a starter, so he came in somewhat of as, as a neophyte to the National Football League, and now you, you here he is this upcoming season. I just thought that Nagy did a lot of protection for Trubisky, a lot of sleight of hand. He You know, the Kansas City offense that Nagy wants to implement is – 
is is about vertical. It's not side to side. It's not a lot of trickeration. But we saw that. I, I think that Trubisky has his arrow pointing up. What did, what did you see from Trubisky that can tell Bears fans that you know maybe the arrow's pointing up for him? Well, I I personally, you know, covering him, talking to him, and I think even more so talking to his teammates. Now this is a winner, and. You know, there's quarterbacks in this league, and you know this, when you talk about the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers and the Drew Brees, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the guys that you just know are going to, they have that it thing. And I talk to coaches all around the league, and there are, there are those select quarterbacks that have that it thing. And when, I, when I'm around the Bears and I'm around Trubisky, I think he's got some of that it thing. I really do. Um, I love how... Maggie simplified the game for him last year because it, it was a process. Now it was he had to learn on the fly with this, you know, get the ball in open space, and that's that's the the basic philosophy of this offense: get the ball in open space. I don't care who catches it, I don't care who runs it. Um, just make sure you get it in the right place at the right time. And I think you know my takeaway: Allen Robinson um, told me this off season, you know, Trubisky's strong focus is to really read and sort of pick apart defenses this year. And he has that thing with the guys that's really special. They, they really respect him. He's fun. You know, Tom Brady's like that. He's a guy's guy. And the players love being around that because these quarterbacks now, they demand, they demand excellence, the good ones, from their teammates. And I think Trubisky has that in him. And I think we're going to see this offense expand a little bit more this year, Jonathan. I really do. When you think about they didn't lose a receiver, and they added Cordero Patterson. You know, you add Riley Ridley um, to the draft. And, and, and then you think about the running back. <laughs> I think they're going to be used in many different ways, in and out of the backfield. It won't just be Tariq Cohen. Mike Davis, David Montgomery. I think you're going to see a lot, of, a lot more innovation this year with this offense and, you know, he's got a strong offensive line. I mean, that line is strong enough to where Matt Nagy and company can say, hey, let's flip-flop James Daniels and Cody Whitehair um, at the guard and center position. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, a, that's a big deal. That's going to be a big storyline because your center better know how to, you know, hand the ball off to your quarterback at the line of scrimmage. And I think that it's just going to be an interesting change, but that's how confident they are in that line. This offense, I think, is going to be really good. Yeah, but Trubisky's Madden rating is 70. What's that? <laughs> Trubisky's Madden rating, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I think players have not oh. been happy about this. It's, it's 70. I don't it's... know about all that, man. I, I haven't, I can't even turn that, I can't even look at that. I, I had to, like, turn my Twitter feed off because I feel <laughs> like I'm in the ice ages. <laughs> it's funny because players get really mad. They get mad at me if they're, you know, it's just like, it's like uh, academics. Like if you're if it's a hundred, yeah. it's great. But if it's seventy, that's a a D or failing. And and his rating is seventy. And players not happy yeah. about it. You know, it's kind of funny. Exactly. Hey, have you bought in by the way to, to Trubisky? I mean, the guy, you know, through what was it about sixty seven percent of his completions were he was good for about sixty seven percent of his completions last year. I mean, I, I I certainly bought in. Where do you stand? 
I think it's a, I think it's a mixed bag because I think that there are more times than not we saw Trubisky if the first receiver was covered he'd run with the football. Now I think that running with the football is has value. Ask Lamar Jackson if it's valuable. Of course it's valuable. However, sure. I think that with the weapons and the offense coming together. I think that Trubisky will have a little bit more time in the pocket, survey the scene a little better, and and choose to throw the football to open receivers versus running with the ball. You just don't want him to be out there and getting hurt. You'd rather for him to throw the ball away or find his receivers. I just thought that there was somewhat of a disconnect at times with um, Trubisky and other options offensively. So that's but that's all part of the learning curve. I think that Nagy can get him can move him along nicely. Oh, yeah, and I think he wants it, too. You know, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I really think Mitch wants it. I think that he he's as dialed in and locked in as you'll find. Um, and, I, you know, I really think they're going to be more vertical this year. I think they can be. You know, Cordero Patterson, you know, you think about this offense. You think about Anthony Miller sh- should be healthy, okay? Taylor Gabriel's back. Allen Robinson's back. You've added Ridley, as I mentioned. You've added Cordero Patterson. How are you going to employ your your return game? Are you are you going to use Cohen or are you going to use Patterson, who's lethal in the return game in special teams? So I, I just think, boy, you know, somebody asked me, Jonathan, what what would you think the biggest concern is with the Bears this year? And uh, I just said injury, health, injuries, and health, and not putting too much pressure on yourself. Right? They were very healthy for the most part last year. But, you know, they didn't have the, necessarily the target. They're going to be hunted this year. And this is the year, really, think about all those guys up for contract or, you know, up, um, up for big numbers next year, whether that's, a you know, a Khalil Mack or uh, Leonard Floyd, you know, some of the linemen on the other side of the ball. I mean, there's some big numbers going to be coming up, and then Trubisky's going to be due. So I think – you know, you can't – as much as you know you've got to win this year, this is your moment, don't put too much pressure on yourself in the process. you got to stay cool with it, which is what they did last year and, and really just shocked a lot of people. Summer of football with Stacey Dales from the NFL Network with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You mentioned some of the other places that you'll be going around the Midwest uh, for this summer, Stacey. So it was so intriguing. Every team, good or bad, has a story. And this, and this mm-hmm. is why it's intriguing. Like in the NFC North, Matt LaFleur, new head coach with the Green Bay Packers, no more McCarthy. How does that work with Aaron Rodgers? How, how do they get better? The Lions doing what the Lions do. And then there's Minnesota uh, with uh, Kirk Cousins. How does that team mm-hmm. get better? Because that was the team I chose to go to the Super Bowl last year, and they, uh, they underachieved. So I think that yeah. the NFC North as a, as a whole has a lot of intriguing stories for you to follow. Where do I start? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Like, how, how much time do we have here? Um, <laughs> it's it, 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 it's going to be fascinating because, you know, you talk about the Vikings, and, <laughs> you know, Mike, Mike Zimmer is a staple there at the head coaching position, but, you know, they, they were so woeful um, in, in terms of not meeting expectations last year. I mean, they, they overhauled a bunch of stuff. Gary Kubiak's on the staff as an assistant head coach, an offensive advisor. Kevin Stefanski, who's been in Minnesota as the new offensive coordinator, has been there forever, and now he gets an opportunity. 
And, you know, Rick Dennison also, uh, you know, you know, joined forces um, from Denver alongside Gary Kubiak. I mean, you're going to probably see a team, Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball. You're going to see a lot more zone runs, more zone schemes offensively, and an improved offensive line with, with you know, that their, their first-rounder, Garrett Bradbury, in the middle of it. So, um, you know, you talk about these quarterbacks and really – making sure that they are protected. I mean, you've got to protect them, not just in, in the actual sense of pass protection, but protect them with getting really strong runners and, and schemes and, you know, uh, wide receivers and running backs and the whole nine yards. So they're doing that for Kirk Cousins. They've invested in this thing for Kirk Cousins. And I think about the Packers, and I'm like, you're right. I mean, Matt LaFleur, who, you know, tore his Achilles uh several weeks ago yeah. is going to be the new play caller and you know are the Packers you know well they're going to run the ball more because he likes to run the ball and as an offensive coordinator his teams have been very successful at doing so whether that's you know been with the Rams and so on and so so forth so you know I um I'm excited to see what happens with this division I think it's I think it's wide open I you know obviously the Bears um took it last year and maybe the the heavy pick to take it again but like i said matt lafleur wants to run he did it with the rams he did it with the titans and now he's the head coach of the green bay packers how does that marriage with aaron Rodgers look um look like so and and certainly i think the defense with them is you know within this division you've got some gunslingers and and you know that they added a couple of you know surprising picks i would say and darnell savage and in the secondary and then rashawn gary Mm -hmm. um with that front, you know, they did a lot in free agency that I think they filled some holes in. So, and then you have the lions, of course, as you mentioned, and we'll see what happens. I was there a few weeks ago for camp and I remember Matt Patricia, their head coach telling me last year, I mean, this thing's like drinking water through a fire hose. (laughs) So I asked him a few weeks ago when I was there, what's it like this year? And he said, it's still like drinking water through a fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, so he's got his hands full there, too, um, in Detroit. Uh, did he have the pencil or no pencil when you talked to him? Man, that man has a pencil all the time. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps he goes to bed with it. I, I don't know. That guy, I've never seen him without a pencil, I'll tell you. <laughs> Whatever makes him comfortable, man. I just, it's just, I, I, he has, yeah. it's just weird with a laminated sheet with a pencil. But if that's what makes him comfortable, that could be a great gimmick <laughs> for him. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you got to have your, uh, you know, your, your cushions, your safety cushions, if you will. Um, and and certainly he's going to need it. Boy, I, I'll tell you what, they better figure out how to make sure Darius Slay and Snacks Harrison are on that team for training camp because if, if, if they are going to improve from 6-10, and 10, the Lions, from a season ago, they're going to need those two on the defensive side, that's for sure. Uh, uh, the 30-for-30 30 30 that has not been written is, the, and it would be a short 30-for-30, 30 30, but it would be interesting to go through all the running backs that the Lions have had since Barry Sanders. They have not been able to run the football. That's To me, that's always a, a, a flashing red light for me, for the Lions. Could you imagine a running game for Stafford? Now look at the difference in the offense. That's all you're looking for. Just a, a little, even in a, in, a, in a passing league, Stacey, you could still run the football. That'd be nice for the Lions for once. Yeah, you know what's interesting 
to that point, Jonathan, about what you know the Lions running the football is. They actually tried to do it a little bit more last year because you know look at where Matt Patricia comes from. Um, you know he comes from the New England Patriots, who you know ran the ball as well as anybody a season ago. Probably the biggest one of the reasons they won the Super Bowl last year mm-hmm. um, because of their productivity in their backfield, using their running backs in and out of the backfield. I. I think for the, the 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 mentality for the Detroit Lions is they've wanted to get back there, but in so so far that they actually changed their coordinators. I mean, you you go from Jim Bob Cooter to Daryl Bevel, um, who does like to run the football. So I think you're going to see a philosophical change. Um, it's just you know it's tough. I, I look at these quarterbacks that really throw it, and Matthew Stafford is one of them. And you just kind of think to yourself. Is that something that he can live with? You know what I mean? Like what we'll hear of, I was I was doing Rich Eisen's show a few weeks ago, and we talked about the Packers and you know this this idea of running the football more for Aaron Rodgers, get it out of his hands really quickly to protect him. Talk about that protection, um, and you know use the the running backs in different ways. But when push comes to shove, Jonathan, and the ball is in Aaron Rodgers' hands, what does he want to do with it? You know, what does Matthew Stafford want to do now that he's, you know, a decade in this league? And so I think it's a fine balance with, you know, these coaches, and a lot of them are new head coaches. Matt Patricia's now in his second year of what is going to make my quarterback happy, what is best for this offense. And when you think about this division, you have to run the football in this division. I mean, you know, you're getting into December now, and – the weather is what it is, and when you go on the road to Green Bay, I mean, I know you've been there. Oh yeah. You go when you when you come to Chicago, you better be able to run the football when you need to. So, um, for these cold weather teams, it's very important. Well, I'm ready for football, just like you're ready for football. That's why we have summer football every night. So I am, I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> and uh, looking forward to your coverage. I hope we can talk in season. I would love to. You just text me, my friend. Um, you do awesome work, and. I always enjoy chatting about the game that we all love, and so I'm ready to go. We'll, we'll, I'll be uh, reporting from Green Bay next week, and, and uh, we'll see where I end up moving forward. <laughs> It'll be a busy uh, training camp for me, I'll say that. Stacy, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, as always. My pleasure. Stacy Dales, thank you. Stacy Dales from the NFL Network with us here on Under the Hood with John the Hood. Coming up, Tales from the Hood. That's next. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Tales from the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Brought to you by the fine folks at Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Join the Cats and Coach Fitz by going to nusports.com, nusports.com for tickets for an exciting season. Don't forget to miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field as the number 17 Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Iowa, and more this season. Ladies and gentlemen, my parrot. And now, <laughs> stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. 
Toucan Ostrowski. We had to get that sponsor in there. Yes, I did. There we go. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, pigs loose on interstate after semi-overturns in Kentucky. The Kentucky Transportation Cabinet says that some of the pigs are loose on the roadway. A semi-carrying pigs overturned on the I-65 South ramp on Wednesday morning. Some pigs escaped from the semi. You know, we've had uh, semi-overturns of candy and of, uh, of different foods and money. As of, like last week, the armored car. So pigs. Now, the question that we always ask is, would you get out of the car to be able to get an overturned group of pigs? I'm not sure how what I'd do with a pig. Although a pet pig would be kind of fun. They're smart. They're smart pets. You don't know what you do with a pig, huh? No. I'd like butcher it. Is that what you're getting at? A pig roast? Pig roast in my house? We got to talk about your high school days. We got to talk about that. <laughs> your, your days with pigs back in the day. Uh, I told you I don't know what to do with them. No. We're all thinking <laughs> food. I don't know what to do with them. I told you. <laughs> Overwhelmed is the word I would say. Okay. I'll, let's talk off the air. I'll tell you about what to do. <laughs> It's not that hard. Um, Mixing alcohol and sun, beware a buzz begets a faster burn. Sun exposure is the leading risk factor as far as developing melanoma. And there is evidence that alcohol consumption is linked to an increased risk of skin cancer, too. Well, you know what? Yeah. If you're out in the sun and drinking, I can understand how there could be a connection to the two. Right. right? If you're passed out in the front yard at 2 p.m., you're going to get sunburned. I mean, science, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we don't need millions and millions of dollars of of analysis for that, right? No, and like well, the best time to drink in the summer is the daytime. So of course you're going to be out in the sun getting sunburned. <laughs> like, come on, make sure you hit me after the uh, break about those pigs. Yes, all right, education um, time. <laughs> so, Stewart, Florida, five guys were at an appropriately named restaurant. Five guys restaurant. According to Stewart Police, officers received a report of a fist fight taking place inside a Five Guys Burger restaurant. When officers arrived, they ended up taking five people into custody. Police ar- arrested three juvenile males and two adult males and charged them for fighting. What would I mean? I guess you could fight anywhere. Fighting at a Five Guys—it's like one of the most friendly, pl- friendliest places you can go to. I mean, there's burgers for God's sakes. Do you think they got five for fighting? <sighs> oh man. And that's Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We're going to miss you, Felix. Um, so <laughs> Blame it so, on me. So, 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 so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done. I mean, Eric all of a sudden thought he was working 9 to noon today. <laughs> you didn't like that one. I mean... They only they only land if you shoot, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are, uh, we got tickets to give away to the Black Hawks Black Hawks Convention, July twenty sixth to the twenty eighth at the Hilton Chicago. Meet your favorite current and alumni Black Hawks, including Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, and more. If you want tickets to the convention, caller number. Five regular line three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six our phone number. You want to go to the Black House Convention? Caller five, and you're in. Ray Flores on the big fight of the weekend. Will Pacquiao win this weekend? Find out next. Jonathan Hood. I don't see why I 
need a stylist when I shot so much I can speak Italian. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Please welcome the undefeated WBA welterweight champion of the world, Keith Rotime Thurman. From Kayumba, Serangani Province, the former flyweight world champion, former super bantamweight world champion, former featherweight world champion, former super featherweight World champion, former lightweight world champion, the fighting pride of the Philippines, Manny Pacman Pacquiao. Yo, it's time for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Big fight feel. This Saturday, as Pacquiao takes on Thurman in Las Vegas. Glad to have you in. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll talk White Sox with Patrick Nolan coming up at 910. Of course, Throwback Thursday coming up at 935. Throwback. Right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's go to Vegas. The man who will be calling this fight, uh, along with Kendall Gill. we got to talk about that, is our guy Ray Flores, our boxing chooch he joins us here on espn 1000 the espn app hello ray jonathan good evening to you from the fighting capital of the world you are missed my friend but i know you have business to attend to in chicago but it is fight week here in las vegas it is my friend and uh, you will be calling the international version of this fight with kendall gill am i correct Yes, that's correct, Jonathan. Really excited about calling the action alongside Kendall Gill, and I think, you know, it's a heck of a car from top to bottom. I want to get your thoughts, first of all, about um, what you've been doing there in Vegas, because you had a, you were part of a roundtable. Talk about that roundtable with some, some high-level boxing uh, people from the past and present, right? That's right, Jonathan. So what they did was today they had a Legends roundtable with Eric Morales, Marco Antonio Barrera, Winky Wright, and also show, uh, Sean Porter as well. That was for the media as, uh, you know, Barrera Morales fought Manny Pacquiao before, and also you had Sean Porter who's fought Keith Thurman before, and Winky Wright, a former uh, stablemate with Keith Thurman. So it was great to talk with those guys. A lot of luminaries are in attendance here in Las Vegas. I've been here since Tuesday hosting the Grand Arrivals, and it has been an action-packed week, my friend, and, and Vegas is certainly buzzing for the fight on Saturday night with Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman. One of the things I really enjoy most about going to the fights is not necessarily the night of the fight, but just the buzz. You can It's palpable. You can feel the buzz when you know there's going to be a fight in Las Vegas. Tell, tell us about the atmosphere leading into this one. It, does it feel any different than some of the other big fights that you've covered? Well, you know what? Whenever you're Manny Pacquiao fights, Jonathan, there's there's a buzz, and I hate to sound like Dua Lipa, but there's electricity here in Las Vegas, my friend. You mm-hmm. can feel it. There's energy. The Filipino fans that have been here since Tuesday, uh, you know, Keith Thurman fans are making their way here to Las Vegas. Uh, you know, you have a guy, Manny Pacquiao, is 40 years of age, trying to once again become a welterweight champion of the world. And I think Manny Pacquiao, he still has energy. He still has a love for the sport. Uh, Eight-division world champion. I don't know where he gets it, Jonathan. And Keith Thurman is looking for... A, you know, that highlight real victory. And if he beats Manny Pacquiao, then, you know, Keith Thurman once again proves that he's one of the elite, 
in the welterweight division. Ray Flores live from Las Vegas with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app as we talk about Thurman Pacquiao, the main event taking place on Saturday uh, for a huge boxing event taking place. Um, before I ask you about your predictions on the fight, Ray, I want to get your thoughts on the late uh, Pernell Whitaker. No, you saw that story like I did, and we actually talked to Myron Metcalf, who loves boxing as much as you do, and we kind of went back and forth about Pernell. What's the prevailing thought about Whitaker and his career in boxing circles? Well, one of the all-time greats, a, a guy who went ahead and, and took on any and all challengers, a fighter who was a defensive master, a guy who was on the pound-for-pound list in the 90s many times, a fighter who never shied away from any opponent. I mean, he fought Julio Cesar Chavez at the Alamo Dome in front of 60,000 people, and of the 60,000, 995 were in favor of Chavez. He probably had a couple of friends, and that was it. So Pernell Whitaker fought everybody, and he beat so many countless greats. And, you know, he is, uh, you know, very, he's missed. He was actually supposed to be here in Las Vegas, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. You know, he was going to be a part of Fight Week festivities here, and obviously those plans were derailed. But, you know, he uh, his memory and his impact on the sport of boxing is something that will be remembered forever. Well, we know the storyline, or one of the major storylines that you'll come into when you call this fight, Ray, and that is the veteran Manny Pacquiao. Is this his last fight? Is this his last chance versus the undefeated Keith Thurman? So what what are your thoughts on Pacquiao? What are your thoughts on, on his side of the ledger in this fight? I think Manny Pacquiao is re he's he found the love for boxing again. He's explosive, he's powerful. You know, Freddie Roach told me in the lead up to the last fight with Adrian Broner that Manny Pacquiao looks better than what he did when he was knocking out Ricky Hatton, when he was terrorizing Miguel Cotto, Antonio Margarito, and wiping out guys like that. So for Freddie to say that, that says something. Also, Manny Pacquiao's 40 years of age, Jonathan, but he really, to me, he appears like he's 30. He's fast. He's so crisp. Everything about him, he's in impeccable shape. He's going to be 41 years of age in December, and he isn't slowing down a beat. There's a possibility, Jonathan, for Manny Pacquiao to possibly win the presidency in the Philippines and still be a fighter and still be a world champion. Can you imagine the fact that the president of the Philippines potentially could be a world champion in boxing? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt. What about, what about Thurman's side of things, Ray? What stands out most about Thurman, 29-0, and 0, and looking to be able to win over a legend? Look, Jonathan, when it comes to Keith Thurman, this is his moment. He needs to go out there, and he's gotten wins over Sean Porter, Danny Garcia. But this is the time for him to rise to the occasion. And you know what? He needs to be able to time Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao has the edge in speed and explosiveness. But how do you combat speed in boxing and in combat sports? Well, you do that with timing. Thurman's going to have to time Pacquiao. Thurman's going to have to connect and land a big shot early to get Manny Pacquiao to be more reluctant to throw combinations because the way Manny Pacquiao throws, it's punches and bunches. It's a ton of combinations from a variety of different angles. So Keith Thurman is going to have to time Manny Pacquiao. He's the bigger man in the fight. He needs to use his size advantage in, inside that ring in order to get the victory on Saturday night. For Keith Thurman, the adage has got to be this. In the words of Rick Slayer, 
Yeah. In the words of Ric Flair. What, 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 say, what, say it again, Ray. I, I said, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And Keith Thurman has got to be able to beat Manny Pacquiao on Saturday night if he's to be the man in the welterweight division. Uh, where are you leaning toward this fight? What do you think? I think Manny Pacquiao wins this fight, Jonathan. And, and I say that because I think Thurman has shown vulnerability. He was rocked to the body against um, Jose Cito Lopez back in January. He got hurt against Luis Calazo four years ago with a body shot. Manny Pacquiao is going to tattoo that body and clobber him to the body. And also, I think the speed advantage is too great for Thurman to be able to overcome that. But if Thurman lands an overhand right, things can change. Again, though, easier said than done. All right, my friend. Uh, by the way, you mentioned the card. Do you like the undercard, too? Jonathan, here's the thing. There's a fight. There are two fights live on Fox for free right. starting at 6 o'clock. A kid from Chicago, Mike Lee, who you know, uh, you know, from the University of Notre Dame, he's challenging for the world title against Caleb Plant. Jonathan, I don't know if you, I know you've been on the air, but we just got done with the press conference that mm-hmm. was televised in FS1, and I had to get in the middle of these guys and pull them apart. So there is some tension between Plant and Lee, and make no mistake about it, it boils over on Saturday on Fox. Okay, we can't have you hurt, man. Don't uh, tell them, hey, don't ruffle the suit, man. I know it's an expensive suit. <laughs> hey, John, to put it this way, I put myself in arm's way because if they touch each other, as you know, the commission could call it off. So I'd rather get hit and save the fight than any of these guys touching each other. Look, I'm from East Chicago. I'm tough. I, I, don't, I would want to take a punch, but if I have to for the greater good, I'm sure Mr. Heyman has some you know, good health insurance to cover my hospital bills. <laughs> All right, my friend. As always, I appreciate it. Enjoy yourself Saturday, and I'll be watching. Oh, Jonathan, I got to tell you, my friend, as I'm walking around here, I'm going to have a nice uh, adult beverage on Saturday night. When I do that, I'm going to give you a nice cheers because it will be, uh, I feel like your spirit is here in Las Vegas (laughs) with us. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Have a great one, Jonathan. Always a pleasure, my man. Keep doing great stuff on ESPN 1000. Miss Chicago. All right, man. Thank you so much. And as a great Ric Flair once said, from your hood to J-Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.